Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. For some of you that have been following and listening to the podcast, know that we've been having some medical issues with our dog, Rocky. Unfortunately, we had to put him to rest on Friday. Um, Not last Friday, but the Friday before that. Um, We've had him for almost 14 years and Anyone out there that knows their dog lovers, animal lovers, know that when you have to put your animal to rest, it's just one of the hardest things to do. So we needed to take a break and to everything and just kind of regroup. So things are settling down a little bit. Um, we're looking forward to our trip coming up out of state and... Um, so thanks for all the well wishes that I heard from everybody. Uh, it was much appreciated. But to the real reason why you're here, and that is to listen to the great musicians here in Wisconsin. This week, we have Zeroed Hero. Now, on their website at zeroedhero.com, Z-E-R-O-E-D-H-E-R-O.com, in their bio, um, they say, or they have written, that Zeroed Hero pours a classic blend of 70s rock and 90s alternative that's more Muhammad Ali than Mike Tyson. Featuring tight, riffy guitars and smart, thoughtful lyrics presented with sweet, memorable harmonies. Their high-energy live shows build on visceral rhythms, immersive grooves, rich melodies, and powerful harmonies showcase the strength of their songwriting and have earned them the title of Madison Area Music Association's 2020 Breakthrough Artist of the Year. Members being Chris Frazik on bass and vocals, Dean Kessler on vocals, Katrina Harms on keys and vocals, Stefan Truzdell on guitar and vocals, and Tony Keel on drums. Chris and Dean have been collaborating for decades with music, home improvement, bartending. They've even dabbled in an online cooking show. Um... But we're going to talk with all the members of Zero Hero um, in this conversation here on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Not only that, but we also get to hear, you will be able to hear for the first time their newest release, which is going to be coming out in a couple weeks. So we have the exclusive of their song, Second Guessing. So um, listen to the, the interview and um, you'll be able to hear two songs from them. Um, once again, like I said, Second Guessing guessing and rise up so we get to have a treat of two of their songs so 
without further ado, let's get right into the conversation with Zeroed Hero. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. We have Stefan from Zeroed Hero here today. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. How's everybody doing? We're doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. Why don't you start with your music origin story? Kind of give us an idea how you got into music and kind of got you where you are today. Well, basically, been a fan of music forever. You know, my parents listen to good music. Uh, got interested in just wanting to be a, some form of music, just watching the greats, you know, from Jackson 5 to everybody in Motown. Liked all the freaky people in Rockside. So I liked like Alice Cooper and Kiss. You know, I liked Earth, Wind and Fire. Eventually saw a Jimi Hendrix video and I was like, that's what I want to do is play guitar for sure, you know? Awesome. Awesome. Inspired by all these great players. So how did guitar start for you? Um, Just uh, basically just groomed into it. And just uh, by the time I hit high school, just let's get some guitar lessons going and start doing it. You know, I was air guitar for a while, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> definitely doing that and then uh eventually just like just kept it going you know and then um you know your first band in high school first band in high school kind of extended a little bit into college but then like um going so going pro so to speak was probably like after college it was like okay let's try to do it and you know you struggle in a few things my first uh one of my first bands got signed to an indie label dead flyboy we we're playing like like indie, like metal slash rap, rap, you know, the early rap metal kind of those days. So right. like Rage Against Machine, Faith and More kind of vibe, a little heavier and some of the thrash too. Um, so we played tons of things, you know, Milwaukee Metal Fest, Summerfest, uh, got that open for many of the greats from like, say, like Korn, Slayer, you know, you name it, De the Deftones when they first came out, you know. So I got the Meat Ice Tea when, it, you know, we played that one in bo with Body Count and that was like so cool. So wow. Very um, cool. You know, minimal touring with them. Um, then after after that kind of broke out a couple years, uh switched up. Uh my friends had moved to Madison and made Natty Nation. So joined Natty Nation, played with them for like about nine years, you know, two, three albums, you know. Yeah, I remember that band Very across cool. the country, you know. Yeah. And then back after that, just like say like take a year off, got into teaching music, um, back into playing music shortly after that. Um, so next band was Weapons of Massive Function with uh, some great players. And that band just started as an open jam. And next thing you know, we had uh, the old Mr. Roberts pack with people on a Tuesday night, <laughs> you, know? Wow. you know? And then it just, we started, we opened for like Lyrics Born, Della Funky Homo Sapiens, some other folks. Um, so it did some good stuff. Um, everybody in that band is in something else big in the scene. So that's funny. Anything from people in Nuggernaut, the Jimmies, you name it. So everybody was in that band, you know? Yeah. And now, now I'm newest thing is zeroed here. I did a few other reggae projects, but wanted to do a rock project again. So I got the call from Dean. Hey, what do you think about this? And it's like, Hey, sounds like a plan to me. It was like perfect timing. Yeah. So obviously you've been playing a lot of gigs over the years. Let's talk about the local scene attitude. You know, how have you seen it change over the years and what are some of the positives that you're pulling from from those um from the local scene? Um I think it's uh it's been, you know, with the changes cuz I think we had a lot more say as local musicians back in the day. 
where now, you know, your bigger promoters are kind of running things as it is, you know, so there's a lot of more small, you know, there's definitely small venues, but they got their teeth into everything. But um, so I think there's a little bit more of a brotherhood, so to speak, around bands where we want to all succeed, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I haven't, you know, Madison's always been a pretty good scene like that anyway, as opposed to other regions, I think. I think more, it's a little more competitive in other places where, you know, people do want you to see you fail, you know, <laughs> but I think, I think this, uh, a genuineness of Madison that people do want to see everybody succeed, no matter what the genre is, you know, I don't see a lot of that kind of like, you know, negativity with uh, the scene. So I think it's been on that scene, it's been good. And I've seen a lot of new music come out lately. We definitely had a time where, I'd say things got stagnant for a while, you know, for, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I think I see a lot more new stuff coming and a lot of people that say took a little breaks and stuff like that are coming back out with the real stuff, I think. So you're going to see a lot more of that, I think. Do you think uh, COVID kind of uh, pushed that forward a little bit? It did a couple of things because, you know, it, it obviously kills the live scene. Right. Um, and everybody had their you know, pluses or minuses when it came to doing, say, virtual shows. Like, we were in a position as Zero Hero where we were set to go in the studio and record. And then COVID broke, so that was really the only thing we had to worry about is being able to record. So mm-hmm. we were fine in our in, in mentality. And, and so we are kind of, we are okay, so to speak, kind of, we're going to take a year off, basically. We don't want to, but we have to. Um, we did, uh, I think we did one or two things last year just to get back. And it's definitely, this year is going to be full boat and it's, it's feeling good. Um, and a lot of different things besides just the regular live scene, we're actually going to do one of the plug shows. Well, I think all these guys are trying to get into the, none of these guys can get into the zoom. They're all, they're all texting. We got a group text. So nobody can hang on a second. Um, they should be showing up now. There they go. (laughs) <laughs> I was like my phone started blowing up and it's like I can't get in <laughs> but yeah so but it's been um like I said it I think um for us the we're very excited because you know we took that year off you know but and we we were like I said we were ready we were kind of ready to do it kind of take time off anyway just to re- get our recording in and get our new stuff in and in the process, we uh, gained a new member with Katrina. So we've got our keyboard player and another vocalist back. And it's just been awesome. So this last year of just getting back at the, you know, 100% and we're ready to go for the summer. So feels good. Sweet, sweet. All right. Looks like three, four, three more members are popping up now. Uh, Chris yeah. is here. Dean is here. And I think Katrina's here. I think she's still How's logging going? in. There she hey. is. Just fixing my Wi-Fi. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um. So, Chris, Dean, and Katrina, we, me, me, and Stefan were just talking about the um how he got into music and um the local scene attitude. Why don't you guys pop in with how you started into music? All right. Well, um, I was raised in the church, and I was in the church band, and I was the church piano player, organist, and stuff, and um, so. Between that and theater, uh, that's what got me into composing music and uh, finding these guys. And I started uh, mostly in high school, um, was in uh, like marching band, jazz band, um, pep, pep band, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of theater, uh, like 
like uh, Katrina as well. And then was in choir, a bunch of different things in that regard too. Just kind of uh, all of it kind of came at once. It wasn't, I mean, the family, we like to listen to music, but we, nobody hardly played any music in my family in terms of my uh, immediate family. So that's kind of why it was so, I was a pretty much a late bloomer and everything. So that, that was where, and then it just kind of went on from there. And um, I really enjoy writing. I'm, I'm a writer anyway. So writing lyrics has kind of come naturally to a certain degree and really enjoy that part of it as well. Nice. And Chris, what about you? Yeah. Um, the, my, my first memories of music were, sitting on the rocking chair with my dad when I'm like two or three years old, listening to vinyl. He had a headphone splitter on his turntable. And, and uh, I, that, that was really the bug for me. And my, my dad has an awesome rock and roll vinyl collection. And so I grew up listening to all of, you know, the classic stones, who Sabbath Zeppelin, um, Wilson Pickett, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and then when I was 13, um, some family members said, man, we need a bass player. And they thrust this crappy Sears bass in my hands. <laughs> and, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. Nice. Yeah, yeah I can see. Uh, audience won't be able to see it, but um, I can see your, your bass rig behind you. Very cool. Oh, yeah. The same Thanks. one from Sears? <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> Not, not anymore. Though that one probably be worth a lot of money nowadays. It, it probably would it's be. True. Stefan was saying he was in other groups before Zeroed Hero started. What about three of you? What kind of groups were you part of in the scene before this? Well, um, so most, most recently, Dean and I were in a band, an original rock band named Three Times Thick. Um, we have a penchant for... Uh, tongue twister band names and <laughs> finding out the hard way that we need to get, we, we need to evolve that a little bit. Um, but um, before that, um, notably, uh, you know, if, if that's the word, um, I played bass in college for uh, Michael Murphy's blues band up in the Valley. Um, and then, you know, kicked around with a couple other uh, classic rock cover bands and stuff like that. Cool. What about you, Katrina? Were you other groups before this one? Yeah. So my first band, I think I actually met you guys when I was in Six Gun Seven, another numerical mm -hmm. band. Um, and it was a very silly group. We were, um, it was a space cowboy theme. We were a Firefly, the show. We were kind of a fan band that did fantastical stuff. But, um, but that had been my first kind of rock band experience. I was definitely like the choir dork. I was used to like, technical rehearsals and you know playing in pit orchestras so it was it was pretty wild to let loose in a rock band and and after after six gun i did a solo uh project after my husband died um called dank widow where i kind of taught myself to do digital um electronica stuff so oh okay yeah a cool. little bit of this and that very nice very nice and then we were also talking about um your view of the local uh, music scene the positives that you've seen throughout the years what would you like to talk to you on that well there's still places left to play which is awesome yeah i mean and and i i don't even say that jokingly because it, even before the pandemic it, it's been it, you know the the venues in in madison at least they've kind of started to dwindle a, a fair bit you know over the last several years and so now i mean it's it's cool that we're starting to see 
some some venues hanging in there yet and a bunch of new ones popping up as well so that's 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 kind of cool and i think that that speaks to the resiliency of the of the scene um a fair bit and i think the, the other thing for me at least is there seems to be a fair bit of um collaboration or cooperation between bands and stuff too i mean there's there's a a lot of us recognize that and um, maybe it's just with the experience and things, but we're not competing necessarily at all, you know? So we share uh, like um, venue information and things like that, or work to, with each other to get on different gigs, and different bills and things like that. So I think both of those things have been really positive for, for me or from my perspective. Yeah. The, cool. same thing. <laughs> yep. the only thing I can think of is that in general, I think it's a challenge for original artists to really find us a, a substantial base of community support in, in that like people who are willing to pay five or 10 bucks and come out and, and catch a gig or pay a couple of bucks for a CD or for a download or for a t-shirt or something like that. And, and even, even at the local level, you know, there's, there's an investment of, of time and money for, for any, any original artist. And, you know, that kind of community support really makes a difference, but it not only makes a difference for us, it makes a difference for the venues that we play at as, as well. So, you know, I think there's, there, there's a very common theme that because people are so naturally drawn to what's familiar to them, there's, there's kind of this hurdle a little bit for original artists. And until, until you find, you find and tap into that, that, community support it can be a bit of a challenge and i think venues venues have that same challenge to a certain extent just to kind of endorse everything that's been said but also i think having like leaders in that music community has been really vital uh especially established bands i i'd like to speak to like ty christian who's been really formative or at least was for me and like with lords of the trident like bring getting other like grabbing other artists and bringing them up to that level get you know having them front for you and then being able to front for other up-and-coming bands is really so important and kind of creating that mentorship that i yeah. think is really really vital in a community like madison amen yeah yeah i had lords on a while back and yeah they come across as definitely very genuine and very open and very wanting to help other artists in the area rise above you know everything else which is great but then the other side of that what are some struggles you guys have seen i know chris you talked a little bit about this but the struggles you've seen in the local scene that you would like to see improved upon stefan do you want to take that uh. <laughs> <laughs> i suppose uh well, getting it, it, it makes sense. So, getting getting the whole social aspect. We got everybody that lives on TikTok, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and I suppose a big struggle is getting enough people into the venues, um, you know, for a decent amount, so people can just like it. Just encourages more bands to come and do that too. But also, you know, that's on that's on a lot of us musicians too. I think we all gotta not rely on we, we some of us have to go back old school i think you know so there's got to be a little bit of that for touching with the people again you know and yeah. we got to mm -hmm. put that flyer in your face you know we, if you're going to be out in the scene maybe you got to go out you got to go out to see some other bands and just say hey, maybe throw out a free cd or download card or whatever you know flyers you know something's got to happen like that i think um and just you know because Madison is one of those places where it's just a magical place. And I mean, there's nothing like it. 
Um, and I think we just need to just kind of bring a little bit of that back. And the venues, I mean, right now, like uh, like Katrina was saying, leaders in the area. And I think now, uh, if you've been here a while, you've seen some of your peers that now they do own venues or they promote here or, you know, things like that. So I think it's going to come around. I do feel that. Yeah. yeah. Chris was, was cheering you on on that, on that <laughs> statement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would echo what Stefan is saying too. And I, I think, you know, it, obviously with the pandemic and things, it's, it's going to be a little bit more of a slow uptake, I think, to get some more folks out to shows on a consistent basis. So I think everybody recognizes that. And I think, there's a, there's a little bit higher tolerance now for things changing, right? Because I mean, sometimes shows get canceled at the last minute. We had that problem, you know, that challenge in, in January, just this year and things like that. But again, I think people are really, you know, considerate and tolerant around things being flexible. I think right. one thing that, you know, for me at least in, in looking at other, other scenes, right? Other com music communities and things. Madison is cool because there's a lot of diversity of things going on here, but it's also just a little bit, too small yet it feels like to be super robust and, and what i mean by that is like you know like milwaukee chicago minneapolis there's many different sections of the of the city that you can play in and you're not really repeating yourself in madison you know if you if you start playing out a lot in in the same thing you're, you're going to kind of dilute everything and so that gets to be challenging and i think right. along with that one of the really cool things in minneapolis for example is their kind of progressive um scene and, and what i mean by that is they've got like like the uh at first app that organization does a ton of booking and things like that so they've got venues for starting artists and they've got venues for small club artists and then they've got venues for larger scale things and so you can as a band you can kind of progress through that system and the bookers and the the venues are kind of somewhat coordinated at least in in some of those aspects and to try to get something like that, I'm not sure how we could do that, but that's something I would love to try to see here in Madison. Um, if, if we could get some sort of a, a developmental program going on there and they're very intentional about it there as well, which is really cool to see in the cities. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think the, the other thing, you know, kind of beyond the, the gig aspect of what we do, I, I see almost an arms race with, with, all of the stuff that goes along all the non-musical stuff that goes along with being a band like um the super quality photos and and music videos and content every single day on every single platform and all this kind of a thing and and for for a lot of us who are who are out of necessity part-time musicians this is tough to find hours in the day you know because there's there's so much that that people are, are getting accustomed to even at the local level, you know, there's, there's a video for every song or for half, at least half of your songs. And you've got new pictures up on all the social media accounts all the time. And you're posting all the time, you know, you're always present on social media and you always have content out there and all that kind of thing. And, you know, for a, for a major artist, they have teams of people behind them that coordinate the, the videos and the photos and the content updates and all this kind of a thing, Absolutely. even, you know, and, and so for, for folks like us who are, are out of necessity doing other things in our lives beyond just this, it's, it can be a challenge to keep up. Yeah. I hear you. Would it be beneficial, you know, as bands to hire a social media person for their group? 
so they have more time to work on their music craft instead of worrying about being a social media person? Yeah, that'd be cool, but I, don't, I guess I'm not sure where the money comes from for that. Yeah. Is the issue there? I mean, yeah, if you got somebody, if you got like a college kid or somebody that could do it, you know, volunteer like that, yeah, yeah, you know, they got something like that. But getting we need somebody an intern, broke. Chris. Yeah, <laughs> we need a couple. Yep. <laughs> but it seems like that would that would alleviate some of that time pressure. You yeah, know? and I know obviously money. Yes, that's definitely something. But if there, if someone had a kid in the family or something like that was like really into social media and they wanted or really into what you were doing, you know, you could go with that way as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, just off the cuff kind of ideas here. I yep. mean, these things I've been thinking about as well is like, how do bands be able in nowadays have time to practice? And just like you were saying, Chris, they do all the social media stuff and promote yourself and all that other kind of stuff when everything is so flooded nowadays. Oh yeah. Like I've never used as much Google until this band, which is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, because you know I've done a lot of things, but then it's the flip mode of like, is how organized is this? You know, <laughs> it's like so. I I I think I think it every I think you guys every day for all that stuff, man. It's like, what's going on? Let me check my account. Oh yeah, ooh, ooh. Okay. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Katrina, you have anything to add to this part? No, it's just interesting because I'm a um, an art teacher in the real world, right? <laughs> real world. Um, and yeah, there's always that pressure to have a sustained kind of art life or as any of us as artists and educators or people working in our fields. Um, and you have to have a website and you have to have this and that. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong actually in kind of stepping back and being intentional in your art making practice. Right. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll trend someday um maybe it won't but um i mean i do commend our team of chris and dean keeping everything really fresh and doing that work all that unpaid labor for us but uh i don't know i think there's something to keeping the focus on um the actual uh, music making versus the brand right yeah definitely yeah i'm Right there with you, Katrina. In the real real world, I'm a high school band director. Awesome. So, nice. Right. Thank you. There you go. Hey, shout out for that. Yeah, I, man. John Hinckley was my high school band director, and he was very, very formative in everything I do musically. Excellent. Truthfully. Excellent. Yeah, it's great to have really good mentors, you know, teachers that can push that in you. You know, I was mm-hmm. not one of the lucky ones. I only had a few, you know, band directors that made an impression on me but most of them were like had too much of an ego i had the band directors that were doing it for the paycheck instead of for for the kid so yeah i learned what not to do that was my inspiration yeah but going on to to you guys because that's why we're talking stefan you talked about the recording so let's kind of dive into that a little bit let's Let's do the slow story on it. How did it start? Um, how did it go for the recording? And how did it go for the launch? And everything that came that went into it? Well, over the course of uh, you know, a couple of years of just playing and practicing and writing, we came to fact we had, what, maybe like 12 kind of things to kind of arrange and knocked it down to an EP of six. You know, so we kind of had that plan set, you know, kind of pre-production had everything sketched out and then 
the pandemic hit, you know, <laughs> so that kind of accelerated. Well, let's go in the studio. We're not planning gigs. So, but I think the the new stuff has been since like uh, the first CD was all written by like Chris and Dean. And I joined, you know, afterwards as well as Tony did and Katrina. So this is the first time we were able to kind of get our vibe into the whole thing too, which was cool after being able to play for a while and mm -hmm. kind of develop our own sound of that way. So it felt good to finally get in there and lay it down and new stuff. So I'm just so excited of all the new tracks we got. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it was like Stefan said, I think the, the pandemic and the, the, all of the delay that kind of went into that and the uncertainty of, well, are we going to be able to play gigs again? And if so, when, and you know, what's, what's going on right now, what makes sense. And, and then, with with all of that kind of a thing i think what what helped was a couple of factors we've got great resources here in town for some awesome re um, studios recording studios we've got a few different options and um, blast house studio that we did a lot of the the primary tracking at um, is has a, a great sounding room great staff and you know it was it was really comfortable there and it was easy for us to get good sounds and get good takes and that kind of a thing. And then uh, because, because out of the necessity of, of having to do a lot on our own, um, we've put together our own studio here. Well, kind of I'm in it right now. And we've got, you know, some microphones and a vocal booth and, and a guitar amp booth and some stuff like that that's set up so that we can do some of that stuff as we need. And having, having the, the ability to go back and forth between both is, has been really beneficial for us. <laughs> well, I think we've got, in terms of the actual recording stuff, we've got, uh, you know, the majority of the tracks already laid out for the six songs. We did an official release with one of them. We're very close on the second one now. Um, and that was kind of a, um, an intentional step on our part is to do this incrementally as opposed to getting the entire EP done and then sending it out. Because again, it kind of feeds into that content conversation we were having a few minutes ago. You know, you, you want to kind of just gradually roll some things out. So that's been part of that. And I guess the other piece of the recording slash writing um, perspective is it's, it's as, as Stefan alluded to earlier, uh, it's really cool having everybody in the band contribute to the writing in a meaningful way. And that that's a whole different dynamic. And it's so much more fun, I think, for, for me, at least personally, yeah. to write songs in that sort of environment. And, you know, we we had a bunch of stuff written. Chris and I did. And we started the band and Stefan and Tony came in and added to that. And we had this whole different level of songwriting. And then even more recently, Katrina joined the team. And it's super fun to get. A com another completely different perspective and she writes lyrics too so we've got it's, it's like I, I feel like we've just opened the door to the candy store and i get to, we you know we get to run around now and do some really cool stuff <laughs> so that's that's been really exciting for me at, especially from a songwriting standpoint yeah excellent mm -hmm. and so katrina you're the newest member is that what i'm getting from this so what yeah. is your what is your take on this whole thing coming into this band i just feel so darn lucky that they would have me right <laughs> um and then it all worked out um yeah it's been big shoes to fill uh they had several other amazing musicians on the recordings so i have to kind of you know 
go with that, but also try and make it my own a little bit, which has been a fun challenge. Um, my background is mostly in classical piano and, and theater, right? So uh, trying to make space for that without being oppressive in a like Keith Emerson kind of way <laughs> will be my challenge. But um, again, it's been really cool to witness and be a part of the composition process, which is so different from my own personal process. It's really made me question everything <laughs> about life. So um, that's, good. That's, that's good. just, it's remarkable, really. Um, and to see, yeah, especially I'm going to put the spotlight on you, Chris and Stefan, like seeing you play off each other with your guitars. And it's like watching the instruments speak to each other um, in a secret language that I, as a keyboard player, have no clue what's happening. And then just watching magic unfold is really amazing. So I feel very lucky. We feel lucky to play with you. So yeah, um, agreed. Well, well hey, and, I gotta check out, guys. I got yeah. a lesson right now. It's been awesome. Have fun. We'll see everybody soon. Yeah. Catch you later, Stefan. Thank you. Bye bye. You know, and and I think like what Katrina said about magic is totally true because like, um, I'll, as an example, I'll I'll bring something in. You know, I'll I'll bring you know a couple of riffs or a couple of chord progressions or something like that, and I've got. I've got a rhythm in mind and a tempo in mind and that kind of a thing. And, but it's all just like, you know, crayon sketches on a napkin. And then, you know, we throw it on the table and Katrina picks it up and says, well, what if we go to this chord here instead? And then Stefan says, I really like that chord progression or I really like that riff, but let's play it rhythmically a little bit different. And, and it just, it blossoms. I mean, it's like, it's truly like one of us brings in seeds and, Somebody else plants it, somebody else waters it, somebody else puts fertilizer on it. And all of a sudden this beautiful plant grows, you know, and it blossoms and it's just, it's so cool. And with, we were talking earlier about our first record and, and with, and that was just Dean and me and Dean and I come from very similar places musically. And so I think it was, it was really, we work really well together, but I think that it wasn't myopic necessarily, but, you know, it was, there was a pretty defined lane that we were in for that whole thing. And I think now there's, there's less pressure for, from on just the two of us for something to be good, because, you know, if I, if I bring something in, then Tony says, nah, let's not work on that. Okay. Well, that, that one's gone, you know, and then Katrina says, yeah, this one's good, you know, and that, and that kind of a thing. And so there's, there's just so much more being added in that it's, it's, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. Definitely. So you did, you did uh, a six EP. That's your latest release, correct? Uh, it's about to be, I mean, we oh, haven't released all of the songs. Yeah. Right. We, we, we released one out of the six and we've got a second one ready to go, hopefully relatively soon. But yeah. And then the, the idea is we'll, we'll roll them out as we finish up the, the final touches on each of the other four. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So it's basically you're like super close to getting them mastered one at a time. Yeah. Okay, great. So what was your thought process on re doing it this way, releasing one at a time? Well, I think a, a lot of it kind of came down to what I mentioned earlier in terms of just trying to meter our output, our creative output to a certain degree. And when we started this, we, we kind of went back and forth a fair bit. But again, it was during the pandemic. And so we're like, well, 
you know, what's the, what's the best way to do this and how are we going to reach the the most number of folks and things like that. And, and that's, that's evolved a little bit. And then truthfully, time has just been a big factor for us too, in terms of finding the time to, to get everything done, you know, in terms of um, finish the recording piece, getting, you know, gigs set up and, and all the other stuff, rehearse all the other sorts of things that we've got going on. And then you talked about performing out, but what venues are you seeking in the future are you looking for staying local or are you thinking like branching out and trying to be you know get bigger than what you are um so i think with with everything kind of starting to come back online with more consistent live events again you, b- both for music and generally um we're we're trying to push out regionally a bit and ideally play you know any anywhere within two three four hours of madison um milwaukee chicago quad cities iowa city uh, dubuque lacrosse twin cities um appleton green bay area that kind of thing and what steps are you taking to try to accomplish that well we've been reaching out to both venues and other bands in other cities and you know and, and a lot of it comes down to with with an, a, a venue in a different city, you don't know them. They don't know you. They, there's, there's no real idea of, of what your draw is unless you've played in town quite a bit and that kind of a thing. And so I think a lot of those venues look to other local bands, bands that are local to their area for, to partner with so that they, they have a better idea of, of what to expect that night and, you know, what kind of crowd and that kind of a thing. And so there's, there's, there's both of those, you know, we, we have to be a known quantity to the venue, but we also need to have, you know, some kind of relationship with bands local to that area. Um, and I think, I think depending on the city and depending on the venue, I think we're, you know, we're having a little more success linking in with other bands as opposed to necessarily directly, directly to the venues. And are you starting to see success with that? Yep. Good, good. Yeah. Well, that's always good because, you know, otherwise you start feeling defeated. You know, it's like, yeah. why why do we keep doing this if we keep getting, you know, blocked? You know, the door yeah. keeps locking on us. Yeah. Sunk cost. Oh, Alice. yeah, yeah. I hear you on that. Work-life balance. I know you, you like, talked about, you know, obviously this isn't your full-time gig. So how is that for you? Is it? A stra- uh, is it a challenge or does it seem like you've got it under control? Go for it, Katrina. Oh, for me? I mean, that's a constant challenge, right? I think anyone who lives a creative life or likes to do more than six or seven things, maybe. Uh, but uh, luckily, I don't have much of a life, so I let music be my my family and, and friends. And but, uh, I'll let Chris answer that, I think. Yeah, um, I, I think there, there really, ultimately, there really is no such thing as balance when it comes to that kind of a thing. Because I think, I think we all spend our lives wishing we were doing something else to varying degrees. You know, when when we're at work, we're thinking about that thing we need to do at home, whether it's cooking dinner or taking care of kids or taking care of a partner or a family member or being creative in some way or whatever it is. And 
when when you're being creative, it's it's hard not to do that in the shadow in your mind of all this other stuff that you have going on. You know, and, and again, you know, like we were talking about before, it's not necessarily always paycheck work stuff or family stuff, but sometimes it's, oh, that's right. After I get done with this, I need to, I need to go work on that video or work on those photos or that gig flyer or you know, reach, reaching out to other venues and other bands and things like that. Um, so I don't, I don't, for me anyway, personally, I don't know whether it's a question of balance as much as a question of working to be satisfied that I'm doing everything I can in all those different directions. And it kind of is what it is. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Just the, the, the ratio. It's not always going to be 80, 20. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dean, do you have anything to add to that? No, I'm pretty much echo what, what Katrina and, and Chris both said. Yeah. And, and for me, even within the the balance between the creative side of things and the, you know, the, your family, your, your life and your job, it's when I have time to devote to the creative piece of it. Okay. Am I doing the business part of that creative side? Am I doing practice to get myself better? Am I doing writing to create new content? I mean, so even within that, there's a challenge yeah. for me. And, if, and like you said, you know, Zach, it fluctuates day to day, week to week, all the time in terms of how you're doing that. Right, right. You know, you just do what you can. Exactly, exactly. Now, I forgot to ask you about the songs. That, I mean, I know we talked about your songs on this EP coming out, but usually on the podcast, I play like two or three of them through there, but even though you said it's not out for a little bit because you're doing one at a time, by the time this comes out, I'm thinking it's going to be probably June, maybe mid-June. Do you think you'll have like two or three that you could put on the podcast if you wanted to? Well, that, we'll definitely have another one, uh, a new one that hasn't been released yet that uh, called Second Guessing. Okay. Um, and th- that one would certainly be ready. Okay. I expect. So yep. the one that you released and that one, do you want to talk about what, they're about or do you want to just leave that to the imagination of the listeners um i i don't know i'm, I'm happy to talk about it i mean to a, to a degree okay. uh, so yeah so so the first one um is rise up and and i can i can certainly speak to the to the lyrical component of it and i don't know uh, chris katrina you guys are welcome to chime in on the musical components um and again, this the the rise up is is really cool because, and I guess starting from a musical standpoint, the the whole band wrote it. It wasn't just you know one person that did that sort of a thing. And I think, you know, it was really uh, the lyrics were finished pre pandemic, and so it was more I, I think about a, a statement a, around trying to overcome some of the discouraging things that have been happening, you know, culturally and politically and 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 so forth. Um, with with things and, and being so everything being so divisive and and really kind of trying to overcome that hence the the title rise up you know and um, it, it was a lot of fun because I mean one of the things that we've really evolved to I think is is a little bit more straightforward um, in terms of our approach in terms of how we're doing some things and and trying to be a little more anthemic um, in, in terms of how we're doing some of those things. And so the chorus is really, you know, this one of those easy sing-alongs, let's yell and shout and get, you know, do that together sort of thing. Yeah. Anything to add musically on that one? No, I mean, nothing comes to mind specifically off the top of my head on that one. Rise up! Rise up! 
two question marks Pretend no difference Between false and true A telephone is ringing We know now for who You can take the truth away But you can't make it not matter When the lights turn on Second Guessing uh, is is an example of a song that everybody has a lot of fingerprints on musically. That's that's one that, um, you know, Tony, Tony came in and said, I've got this drum beat and there's, you know, there's this, I really like this vibe. So you need to figure out music to play over this drum beat. And, and, and on that's, that's the, the verse and the, the chorus is a chord progression that I brought in and the verse is a chord progression that that Stefan kind of stumbled on while we were working through the parts, you know? And so that, that one is, is, is very um, embodies that whole creative uh, collaboration that we were talking about earlier. Anything to add on top of that, Katrina? Sure. I mean, um, I was lucky enough to be a part of the recording of Second Guessing. So that was really cool to have that be my 
my maiden voyage in the, <laughs> on the tracks uh, with these guys and get to be a part of that process. They're so great to work with in that way. Compositionally, it's a, it's a cool song because it feels, I think a, a lot of the Zero to Hero songs to me as the new, new person, uh, like once fan now member is there's an open-endedness to it that it can be interpreted in any number of ways. And I think that's really, really very cool because anyone can sort of feel like they belong within the context of the song. Musically, it has a lot of interesting negative space, which could be really good for someone playing organ, for example. Um, but these, these moments of kind of musicality where it's not simply just the melody driving it. Um, so that's very cool. I love... I love Rise Up and I think it's an important song for this band. Um, I didn't write it, I wasn't part of that, but um, you know, as much as you might scoff at you know, Green Day or whatever, um, there was something really important about having the American Idiot album for my yeah. generation yeah. Um, and having that be in response to 9-11 and be sort of this time capsule for the political climate at that time. And, and be a call to action for folks and not merely a cynical kind of uh, nihilistic interpretation. So I think Rise Up has that quality. And I think that's really worth celebrating because it's a powerful anthem in of itself. And it has that yeah. quality. Cool.
And then the last question I have for you guys is, um, and Stefan kind of talked about this because he was just telling me about his career. Um, gigs that made an impression on you and why? Either as an artist, uh, an audience, or both. Gigs that our band has been in or gigs that we've attended outside no, of the band? So, so this is personal for you. Okay. But, so what is what gigs have made an impression on you either as an artist or as an audience member? Or you can talk of both if you'd like to. Wow. I think for, for me personally, the 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 gig that stands out in my mind for just the quality of the overall musicality of the evening was Theo Katzman's last tour, like right as the pandemic was starting. In fact, that was the last live music event that I, that I went to before things got crazy in March of 2020 um, here at the majestic theater in Madison. And, um, it was it was uh, a tour in support of uh, a new album that he had just released. And from from the first note, that whole set was amazing. I mean, the 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 keyboard player, the drummer, the bassist, Theo, the whole thing, soup to nuts, was just drop dead astonishing from a musical standpoint. And all four people on stage are monster musicians. And a big thing that was impressive was that it was an exercise in restraint for them as much as them exercising their chops and showing off. It was equal measure of both. Um, it was, it was just crazy. And I think um, the the one that stands out in my mind in terms of, the energy and the vibe was when uh, Tony and Dean and I went to see rival sons at house of blues down in Chicago. I mean, that it's, it's almost like the audience is pushed back a little bit from the stage while they're playing. And then everybody stands upright between songs when they're done. I mean, they're just, there's so much energy and power coming off of the stage from from those five people on stage when rival sons is playing live it's it's crazy you know um the i I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple of nights ago it was a talk house podcast and uh, liz fair was talking to i can't i can't remember what the other person's name is now but um liz was talking about going back into rehearsals with her band for her upcoming tour and at that time I, I can't remember exactly when it was recorded. And she said, you know, it's it's weird because I'm at home and I practice and, I, and I'm rehearsing and it's just me and an acoustic guitar with these songs. And then I go into the, the, the practice space with the band and we're rehearsing for a tour. And it's like I strap myself to the top of a rocket. And, and I think that Rival Sons gig to me was the embodiment of that, you know, the J. Buchanan straps in at the top of that rocket and they light it up and there it goes. And, you know, I think for, for me personally, um, my hope is that at some point that's how Dean feels is, you know, when we get on stage, he feels like he's strapping onto a rocket and lighting it. Cool. Very cool. Go ahead, Katrina. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of shows out actually, uh, unfortunately, but, um, 
it's been a really cool experience getting with these guys. You know, and I think our last show at Baroque was really great that we we overcame some like sound issues and you know, did a did our first encore kind of off the cuff yeah. and um that's always an exercise in vulnerability, right? Oh yeah. So um and I think it's just going to keep getting better from there. For me, I think that um I've seen a ton of concerts and and um the the one that comes to the front very quickly was the was U2 at at Camp Randall Stadium here in Madison back on the um, Zoo TV tour in support of the Actum Baby album and it was really just the spectacle and the sheer scale and magnitude of that show and that was just so amazing right and I think from a personal standpoint our first show back after the pandemic was our first show with Katrina at Crucible and just being back in front of an audience after all that not knowing if we'd ever actually play again and having a new awesome member Katrina on board with us and kind of launching back into a whole new thing. And I mean, we didn't have a perfect night from a musical standpoint, but man, it was just a really memorable, really memorable gig for me. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and as I wrap this up, what's, what are you listening to right now? What's on your playlists? What, what, what are you really digging at this moment? Rival Sons for me, I'm still, I mean, they don't have anything new right now, but that, you know, those guys in, in Royal Blood, I still really dig them. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. I'm a huge fan of Dua Lipa and uh, Olivia Rodrigo. There They're you just go. Fantastic songwriters. Yeah. Really enjoy that, the pop end of things. Yeah, I got to, I got to echo the, the pop end of things. Um, I, I, I can't get, there's like half a dozen Daft Punk songs. I, I can't get out of my head right now. And I, I don't know exactly why or where that came from, but I'm loving it. It's, it's awesome. Um, and then uh, I think I've really been enjoying Bully, uh, rock band out of Nashville. And, and again, it's got everything to do with the energy in those tracks. I mean, it's just, it's just so cool. They've got such a neat vibe. Cool. Very cool. What are you listening to, Katrina, right now? Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty eclectic. Uh, and... I've been on this Jessica Hoop uh, kick for a while. She's got a really interesting musicality, singer songwriter. So I've been kind of working on some of my own material and that's been inspiring me there. Um, just thinking about paring things down, but also, yeah, getting back to kind of blues stuff. Um, I even like re-listened to Lemonade by Beyonce. Like, I just love that album. Um, yeah, a lot of good keys in there as well cool very cool well do you have any questions that i didn't ask that you'd want to talk about or did we think we covered pretty much everything for you i'm good really appreciate your time zach and uh the the, uh, the interest in the band as well great great questions well, i appreciate you guys being on it's much appreciated for sure it was a great time yeah i love i love doing this i love learning you know different perspectives from different musicians especially in wisconsin because we have such great you know musicians here in the state and i think um like you we want to grow the you know grow the scene as much as we can to make it more popular and more of more something that makes wisconsin wisconsin instead of just um beer and brats <laughs> and packers right. you know i gotta i gotta split thanks guys See you, Dave. And, you know, Zach, just real quick, as uh, Dean, 
was talking about um, his high school band teacher, John Hinckley earlier. Yeah. And uh, my, my high school band teacher, Sean Postel was life-changing for me. I mean, he's, he's one of those people in my life. And um, as somebody who's got three kids who've gone through um, high school band programs, thank you so much for what you do. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And have a good night. You too. Well, that was another great conversation with another great Wisconsin music band, Zeroed Hero. I hope you enjoyed listening to them talk about music and the two songs that we had on here. Go check them out um, at zeroedhero.com, all streaming sites, and go check them out live. I'm going to be off for the next couple of weeks, so we will be back the last, um, let's see here, it will be the, let me look at the calendar here, we will be back on the 22nd. So look out for the new, the next episode on the 22nd of August. Have a great couple of weeks, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Thanks a lot.